this morning we are continuing our series titled The Blessed Life. Um, if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it online and listen to the recording of last week's message. It was good. It will challenge you. Um, but today's message is titled, What Test? What Test? And if you'll turn with me, we're going to be in two main passages this morning. The first is Malachi chapter 3, the last book of the Old Testament. And then later in the message, we're going to be in Second Chronicles 31. And we're going to go over there in a moment. And, and can I just tell you this morning, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture in this message. You see, what I want to do this morning is I want to show you that tithing is scriptural and it's in God's Word. We're going to start in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And it says, for I am the Lord, and I do not change. Listen, that's very important, isn't it? God says, I don't change. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. You see, I think that part of the verse is very humorous. He says, I do not change, and that's why I haven't killed you yet. That's what I think he's saying here. He he says, I was nice, and I'm still nice. Verse 7 says, yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances. Now we're going to come back to to that word ordinance. What does it mean? Continuing in seven, and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Now before we read verse eight, let me just remind you that this is God talking. This is God, the God who does not change. This is the God who, who does not change he's talking here and he said that that you've gone away from my ordinances listen i need to tell you that that word ordinances means a principle of ordinary behavior an ordinance means a principle of ordinary behavior so what he's saying is that you have gone away from my principles of ordinary behavior for god's children and they say in what way now listen i want you to notice this next verse because a preacher didn't make it up This is God speaking. In verse 8, he says, Will a man rob God or steal from God? Yet you have robbed me. God is saying, you have stolen from me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Now again, watch this. This is God talking. In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, that would be the church. That there would be food in my house, again the church, and try, the King James says prove, the English Standard Version says test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now listen, I want you to notice how many times here he says Lord of hosts so that we remember who is talking here. Listen, the one who is talking is the one who cannot change. Continuing on, it says, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it and i will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the lord of hosts and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the lord of hosts This is God talking, and this is the God who who cannot change. You've got to remember that. And he says, you have gone away from my ordinances. You have gone away from my ordinary principles of behavior. 
You see, tithing is an ordinary principle of behavior for God's children to thank Him for their income, for their harvest, and for their increase. You see, it's an ordinary principle. And He says, because you have gone away from my ordinary principles, you are under a curse. Listen, you need to understand that, that, that so many times we say, well, Christians can't be under a curse, right? Because Christ bore the curse of the law on the cross. Yes, he did, but that's in regards to our salvation. But are you saying that, that you can live the way you want and it doesn't affect you? Is that what you're saying? Because that's just crazy to think that way, isn't it? You see, if we steal, there are consequences for stealing. And a curse is a consequence. If you steal, there's going to be a consequence. What if you steal from God? A friend of mine had a conversation with God recently, and he said, Lord, the number one reason that I hear people say that they don't give is, well, that's an Old Testament principle. That's in the Old Testament. And so he said to the Lord, Lord, you know, you put this in Malachi 3, and then there's Malachi 4, and right after that is Matthew 1. Couldn't you have just waited? Right? I mean, just a little while. Couldn't, couldn't God have just waited? I, I, these verses only missed the New Testament by like 15 verses. I mean, couldn't you have just waited a little while? But you know what the Lord said to him instead? He said, I put it right where I wanted. And the reason is, and here's point number one, because tithing is a test. Number one, tithing is a test. You see, God is testing our hearts. Even when a person argues about tithing, I think to myself, what spirit is this? What spirit is behind this? Why would a person even argue when God gave his son for you and you won't even give him 10%? Why would you argue about this? It's amazing to me. I'm telling you, it's a test of your heart. It's a test. And and here's something that you might not know. It's a two-way test. God not only tests you, but this is the only place in Scripture that I have found where God says, you can test me. Test me, this word try that is sometimes translated test or prove comes from the way that you test metal. It's the way you test gold to see if it is pure. So you know what God is saying? Test me to see if I am pure. Again, I hear people say things like Old Testament, or I hear somebody say something like, well, that's under the law. Tithing was under the law. Well, first of all, I want to show you some scriptures that tithing was way before the law. Hundreds of years before the law even, and after the law, and also in the New Testament. So I'm going to show you these scriptures today. But I don't understand that argument. Let me just give you an example. Chet, give me your wallet. Look, just just give me your wallet. Awesome. That's a big wallet. Hey, I'm going to keep this wallet because thou shalt not steal is in the Old Testament, right? That's under the law. And I'm a believer, so stealing is okay, right? What do you think? Now, let me ask you something. Isn't that foolish? 
Right? It's crazy. Now, I'm not going to keep your wallet. Man, there's not even any money in that. Wait, what are you guys laughing at? Why are you guys What did you say? You took the money out? Here I, man, that is so messed up. I told you beforehand that I was going to use this as an illustration, and you took the money out. Are you kidding me? All right. That's messed up. Listen, number one, tithing is a test. Number one, tithing is a test. Number two, tithing is biblical. Listen, tithing is biblical. You need to know that, that tithing is biblical. There's a lot of people that don't tithe. Listen, you're, you're not a bad person if you don't tithe. Right? I'm not saying that at all. You're not a rebellious person. But you see, the problem is a lot of people don't even believe it's in the Bible. They don't really believe that it's for us today. So let me show you some scriptures, if you will. We're going to get to Second Chronicles 31 in a moment, but, but we're going to start with Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 to 20. And it says this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, Salem means peace, brought our bread and wine. There's a representation of communion even in the Old Testament. He was a priest of the God Most High, and he blessed him. Now that's Abram or Abraham. And he said, Blessed be Abraham, Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now watch this. And he, that's Abram or Abraham, gave him, that's Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Listen, you need to know this if you don't know it already, that theologically, this is about 500 years before the law was given. And Galatians says that Abraham is our spiritual father. And Melchizedek, Hebrew says, is a type of Christ. And many theologians even believe that it's actually Jesus Christ because it says that he has no genealogy. That's what Hebrew says. No mother, no father, no beginning or end of life. It's pretty amazing to think of. So it's either Jesus himself or a type of Christ. And our spiritual father tithed. He gave 10% 500 years before the law. Why? Because it's a principle. Listen, I'm going to take and show you next week that that 2,500 years before the law, the very same thing. I'm going to show that to you next week. Now look at Genesis 28, verse 22. And this is talking about Jacob. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Again, it's an implication that the tithe goes to to God's house. And of all you and all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Listen, this was about 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether seed of the land or fruit of the tree is the Lord's. In other words, it belongs to God. Going on there in verse 30, it says, it is holy to the Lord. Remember that the word holy means to be set apart for him. You see, that's the only reason that he could say, you are stealing from me, because I have set apart that for my house, and if you keep it, you're stealing. 
Deuteronomy 26, 1-2 says, And it shall be that when you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground. Now next week, I'm going to go into that principle more. And, and further down in this message, you're going to see where it refers to the tithe. If we continue on in the verse, it says, Which you should bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Again, he's referring to the church. Right? You go to church. You're here this morning. You go to a place where God chooses to make his name abide. That's where God chooses to make his name live. Then look at verse 13 and 14. Then you should say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe. In other words, the set apart 10% from my house. And also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. Verse 14 says, I have not eaten them, eaten any of it, when in morning, morning. In other words, I didn't use some of it when we got into a difficult time, nor have I removed it, any of it, for an unclean use. Right? Think about how many times we use our money for sinful purposes, and we might be using the tithe. It's just amazing me, amazing to me how the Bible says this is. Continue on in verse 14. Nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. In verse 15. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people. You see, I have removed the holy set-apart tent from my house and I have given it and brought it to your house, God. And now he... He, he says after you do that that you can say this prayer, look down from heaven and bless your servant. Man, if it was Jesus that said this, that said that you ought to tithe in the New Testament, you know, if it was in red, would you do it? Want to see that verse? Matthew twenty three twenty three. This is Jesus speaking. He says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites for you pay tithe of mint anise and cumin those are spices and have neglected the weightier matter of the law justice and mercy and faith watch very carefully these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone Listen, here's what Jesus said. You guys give tithes not only of your first fruits, but you give even tithes of your spices that you're going to put on your food. But you have neglected justice, mercy, and faith. And Jesus said, you ought to do that, but don't leave the others undone. You should tithe and take care of justice, mercy, and faith. Hebrews again talks about Melchizedek and, and Jesus and how mortal men receive tithes on earth. But let me show you what Hebrews said, talking about Jesus as our Melchizedek. Hebrews 7 verse 8 says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it was witnessed that he lives. Listen, you put your tithes in a plate, an offering bag, a basket, or a box, or, or however it is that the church receives the offering. Here we give in we give in. in in baskets or, or boxes, but, but most people give online. However, it is that, that you give your tithe, mortal men take it, and they take care of it, and they manage it. 
right? But listen, in heaven, he receives it, of whom it is witness that he leaves, that he lives. Jesus Christ is the one who receives my tithes. Listen, I don't know about you, but that makes me want to tithe. So it's biblical. Number three, tithing is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. So let me tell you about Second Chronicles 31 now. We're going to read there now, so if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open it up there. Second Chronicles 31. Hezekiah one day is reading the Scriptures, and he sees these verses about tithing. And they're in an economic recession, and he realizes that they're under a curse. The whole nation, because they're not tithing, that they were stealing from God. And so that's where we pick up in the story in Second Chronicles 31.4. says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of God, to the law of the Lord. Now just stop for a minute. Remember, Malachi said to bring the tithe to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And again, they were talking about natural food. But think about today as, as, as spiritual food. Let me ask you a question. Right? We're talking about food here, so let me give you an, an analogy. Would any of you here go to a restaurant and eat a meal and then leave without paying for it? Any of you? No. But you see, Christians do this every week. They go to church. They eat a meal. And then they skip out on the check. Here's the sad thing in all of it. You're the one that's hurt. Listen, I don't preach on tithing because the church needs money. Matter of fact, we're doing okay financially. Right? I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart, and I want to say this before God. I am doing this for you. Why? Because I want to help you. Listen, this will change your life. It will change your family. It will change your finances, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. This will change you. I promise. So he puts it out there. And he says, everyone needs to bring the tithe to the house of God. Verse 5, he says, As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits. Again, I'm going to show you next week how that relates to the tithe. They brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field. And they brought it in abundantly, the tithe of everything. There it is again telling you that it was the tithe. Verse 6. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid in heaps. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. Verse 8. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and they saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat, and they have plenty. For the Lord has blessed his people. 
And what is left is this great abundance. Here's what happens. The king made this commandment that everyone was supposed to be tithing to the house of God and that the people began doing it. And about the third month, which is a harvest month, they, they, and, and then again the seventh month, which is the harvest month, they continued to give throughout that time. And so when the king comes to visit and he sees that there are these heaps that the people have brought to the house of God, in essence he is saying, what he says here is he is questioning the, the priest about the heaps. And he's saying, are the people Okay. Are they okay? I mean, look at how much they have given. Do they have enough left? Are they able to take care of themselves? And the priest said, Oh, king, as soon as the people started giving and started doing it God's way, God blessed them. What you're seeing here is the leftovers. If you think there's heaps here, go look at the 90%. Go look at how God blesses his people when they begin obeying God's word. Let me give you one more illustration today. Cody, Delbert, and, uh, and the traitor Chet. Will you guys stand up real quick? Let's say that I say to these three men, hey, I'm going to go away for a while. And I've provided for Tina, but I want to channel some additional funds through you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you $10,000 a month. Right? Cody, don't get excited. This is just an illustration. I'm going to give you $10,000 a month, but I want you to give, ten, I want you to give Tina 10% of it. Just $1,000 a month, and you can keep the 90%. Just give my wife the 10%. So you see, I'm, I'm gone for a while, and I'm talking to Tina every day and letting her know that it's going to be an extended trip, and I'm going to be back after several months. And, and after about three months, I, I think of these other funds, right? I've been sending them the money, and I, and I ask her, I say, hey, um, how are the funds coming in from the three guys? And she said, man, Cody has given $1,000 a month. Matter of fact, it is coming. It has been here on the first of month, January 1st, February 1st, March 1st. It is like clockwork. I know that it's going to come in. I say, well, what about Delbert? She says, well, Delbert's sending $2,000 a month. I said, $2,000 a month? All I asked him to give was just $1,000 a month, and yet he's given $2,000 a month? Why is he giving $2,000 a month? And she says, I don't know. He's just sending $2,000 a month. I said, well, what about the traitor? I mean, Chet. Um, she says, well... We need to talk about Chet. I say, well, why? What's going on? What's Chet doing? She goes, well, the first month he sent, he sent $700. And then the second month he sent $400. And, and, and this month he hasn't sent anything at all. Now I want you to think about this. How do you think that would make me feel? Listen, I'm giving him $10,000 a month. It's coming for me. And all I did was I asked him to give 10% to my wife. He can keep the 90. All he's got to do is give 10%. He can keep the 90. What do you think I'm going to do? Listen, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to not be sending him any more money. 
because he's proven to me that he can't be trusted. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the money that I was given to him and I'm going to give it to Delbert and to Cody because they have proven that they can be trusted. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Now think about this. Jesus said, I'm going away for a while. Is that right? I'm going away for a while, but I'm coming back. But while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my wife. 10%, and you can keep the 90. Just to remind you, is the church the bride of Christ? Yes. Okay, listen to me very carefully. Tithing might be more personal to Jesus than what you thought because it's his wife. He has the power. And if you say, well, I can't believe you would just take it and give it to all the others. Right? If you don't think that Jesus would do that, then read the parable of the talents. When he took from the one that wasn't faithful, when he gave it to the one that was faithful, he wants to provide for you. But why would he provide and bless people who will not even be concerned about his wife? You see, it's a test, and it is very important that we pass this test. You see, every time we get paid, we take a test. And the test is, who are we going to honor for our paycheck? Are you going to honor your employer? Or are you going to honor God? Am I naive enough to know that if it wasn't for your employer that you wouldn't have a paycheck? No, I'm smart enough to recognize that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have that employer. And if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be making the money that I make that they then write in a check that I'm praying doesn't bounce and can put in my account to take care of the things that I've got to take care of. You see, it's easy for me to give because I realize that it is God who has given it to me in the first place. It is not mine. Listen to me. Your money is not yours. It was given to you by God. You are entrusted to be a steward of what God has given you. Anybody here have kids? As parents, God has has given you kids. And what you do with those kids is up to you, right? Have you ever seen people that were bad parents? If your parent's one of those, don't raise your hand if they're here next to you, right? Uh, But have you ever seen people that were bad parents and they weren't doing well in parenting? Can I just tell you something? Parents make mistakes, You want to know why? Because even though there's a million books out there that says how to be a parent, there's really not a book about how to be a parent and how to be a good one. And we're just doing the best we can. But as as parents, we've got to steward our kids up in the environment that we want them to be raised in. I see people in my life that that steward their their kids in an environment of alcohol and drugs and sex and, and all kinds of stuff. And then they wonder why their kids go into those very same things because they've been watching it from you. 
that can I tell you as a follower of Christ, I want my kids to be followers of Christ. And so if, if that is something that I want, then I'm going to foster a certain environment for my kid to be raised in. Does that mean that my kid will never see those other things? No, they will, but not in my house. Why? Because I've chosen not to do that because of my relationship with Christ. And so my wife and I have chosen to be great stewards of our kids because we realize we have them because God gave them to us. And you know what that means? We're real protective of our kids. Right? And hopefully you are too. Let me tell you, it's the same principle when it comes to money. If we believe that God has given us everything we've got, and we do, if we believe that, then we also believe that God wants us to be a steward with that said money, right? So why do we have an issue giving 10% when God has given 100% and said, if you'll just give this 10, you can keep 90? I don't know about you, but I wish somebody would give me $10,000 a month and told me just to take care of their wife by giving them 10%. I'd be over that in a heartbeat. But guess what? God has done that. And it may not be $10,000 a month that you're getting. It may be $500 or $2,000. If you're a student, man, maybe it's $50. bucks. But it's the same principle. This was something I learned as a teenager, as a college kid. And you know what I found out? That when I was faithful and obedient with the 10% first, that somehow that 90% lasted even further than that 100% would have. Why? And I think it goes back to Malachi 3. Because if you don't give that 10%, you're stealing from God and you're under a curse. And can I tell you, I'd rather be on a 90% blessing from God than a 100% curse from the same. Listen, we want to honor God with our paycheck. And listen, I, I want to challenge you to give to your local church. I, I remember when I first got into ministry, there was an older lady in the church that, that came to us and said, man, I just can't tithe. And yet we walk in her room and there's all these trinkets from TBN. You guys know the ones like if you'll send $30, then, then we'll send you this little trinket and you can put it on your shelf. And her shelf was lined with all these trinkets. You know what we realized? that she wasn't sending her tithe to the storehouse. She was sending it somewhere else. Listen, am I telling you don't give to TBN? Don't give to other ministries? Don't give the disaster relief? No, you should do that. But can I tell you, it's not a replacement and a substitute for your tithe. Listen, as followers of Christ, we've got to begin to put God first including your finances. See the problem? Is this wallet right here? Is the last part of us to get saved. 
Pastor, what do you mean? See, the wallet typically is the last place for us to begin obedience to God. Oh, it's easy for me not to go out and get drunk and do drugs and have sex with all kinds of women. Mainly because my wife would shoot me and it goes against the Bible. Those are good, compelling reasons, right? That's easy. I'm not tempted there one bit. But man, right here, this is hard. You want to know why? Because nobody sees this. They may see you down at the bar drinking alcohol, but they're not going to see how you spend your money. And so I can hide and I can pretend. I can drop in a five or even a 20 or a hundred in the basket and pretend like I'm being obedient to God. And can I tell you, we're not going to check and see the amounts you're giving. And we're not going to come to you and be like, look, you only gave $20. I really don't think that's a tithe pay up or we're going to kick you out. It ain't like that. You want to know why? Because we believe that, that this is between you and God. Listen, it's not so that the church can have more money. But it's because we really believe that if you get this right, it's going to make your entire life right. If you get this principle right in your life, it's going to make your life better. It's going to make your finances better, your marriage, your children, everything. Why? Because it's going to spill over out of the abundance into every single other area. Listen, you want to know why you're barely making ends meet? It's probably because you're not tithing and you're living under a curse. Listen, God never wanted us to live paycheck to paycheck or, or quite frankly, some of us paycheck to half a paycheck, right? Am I saying that, that if you tithe and give to God that you'll never go through tough times or tight money circumstances? No, you're going to go through those too, just like everybody else. know what in all the years that I've been that I've been tithing even when it's been tight and even when I had to choose and pick what I was going to pay or not pay I never once I never once regretted giving to God you want to know why because I realized that God was my provider he was the source of everything I gave he was the source of everything that I have. And because he's the source and it all belongs to him anyways, it is nothing for me to be obedient when it comes to finances. Maybe for you, maybe you're already there. Maybe you've been tithing for a long time. And can I just tell you, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. On God's behalf, I want to tell you, thankful, thank you for being obedient to Christ. But I know there's others in here that haven't been faithful with the tithe. And listen, I'm not going to have you raise your hand and stand up so that everybody can look at you and be like, ooh, look, you don't give. We're not doing that. There are churches that do that, but we're not one of those. But here's what I would challenge you. Here's where I would challenge you. Pray about it and seek God. 
see what he would have you do. But I'm going to be honest with you. When you do that, you're praying a dangerous prayer because God is not going to contradict his scripture. And you're going to find out that God says, yeah, do this. Some of you may or may not know this. Um, Here at MFA, we've got this thing called the three-month tithe challenge. And it's designed for people who are just now trying to trust God for the tithe. Because how many of you guys know the very first time you give is the hardest? Right? And the first month or two months or three months is the hardest. And so there in your seat backs in front of you on some of the pews, some of them have them, some of them don't. There's a little card that says three-month challenge. And what it says is that as God blesses me, I'm going to give the 10% back to the church. And the challenge is this, that if you do that for three months, and you got to give in an envelope or by check so that we can know who, who's given, at the end of the three months, if God hasn't blessed you, if your life isn't better, all you got to do is come to myself or one of the leadership team and say, hey, you know what? Man, I've been trying the tie thing, and God just hasn't been doing what he said he'd do in his word. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to give you all your money back. I tell you, it's the only time you're ever going to hear a money-back guarantee in a church. Why? Because we believe God will do what he said he would do. Amen? Can I pray over you guys this morning? God, I thank you for those that have learned this obedience when it comes to their finances. God, I thank you for their faithfulness. God, not only to the church, but God, more importantly to you. God, I thank you that that through them and through their generosity and through their obedience, God, that this church is able to impact the kingdom. God, I thank you for their faithfulness. But God, I also pray over those in here who have not began the journey of giving, of generosity, and of tithing. God, I pray that you would reveal to them what your word says and that it's true. God, I pray that as they take that first step of obedience to you, God, that you'll continue to bless them because they're already blessed. God, because you're the provider of everything we've got. Lord, we thank you for it. Jesus' name we pray. Amen.